You're listening to Pointing Toward Hope, conversations about overcoming trials and adversity through faith, hope, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because with God, all things are possible. I'm your host, Wendy Bertinoli. We keep it real by sharing personal stories from myself and others who have overcome the various trials of life. From healthy mental tips to spiritual inspiration through our Savior Jesus Christ, we cover it all. Jump on board. Join us to move toward happiness, hope, and a more joy-filled life. Hi friends and welcome to Pointing Toward Hope. I am Wendy Bertinelli, your host. And before we dive in, I just wanted to ask you if you have a story to share or you know of someone who has a story, please contact me through the website at pointingtowardhope.com. We would love to share your story. This show is all about helping others to overcome challenges and adversity. And we do that through being lifted um, by the things that others have been through and overcome. So please, if you know anybody or you would like to be featured, drop me a message on pointingtowardhope.com. Also, if you are enjoying Pointing Toward Hope, please share it with a friend and go leave a review on iTunes. It really helps people to be able to find the show. I would just appreciate it so much. And this is episode six. 10 Habits to Adopt for Good Mental Health. And it's important to note that I am not a doctor or a therapist, so this is strictly my opinion and things that have worked for me and things that I think could help you, especially if you are struggling with some type of mental illness. And let's face it, in our world today, there is so much crazy going on and it can definitely affect our mental health, our well-being, and Even people who have never struggled with mental illness may be struggling now with some type of depression or feelings of isolation. And so it's really important that we adopt some good healthy habits. And the other thing that I want to stress is that these are things that I have adopted into my life throughout the years. It's not something that I just decided to do one day and did everything at once. So it's important to take things one step at a time and adopt each habit a little at a time. And I am a believer in immersing yourself in a goal when you're first starting. So um, that's difficult to do when you're trying to add several things to your day when you're not used to it. So maybe take one thing, commit to that one thing, and try and do just a little bit at a time. So with that said, let's just jump right in. I am going to go in specific order of importance as they apply to me and my mental health. I'm sure that they probably will be completely different for others, but this is just what I have found that works for me. So the first one, sleep. At least six to eight hours of good solid sleep per night. Now, it might seem crazy that I put this as the number one habit to adopt, but it is so important. Sleep is when your body recovers and rejuvenates and repairs itself. If you're not getting enough, your body can't function as it properly should. Besides the obvious negatives like poor focus, fatigue, 
lack of concentration, poor sleep is linked to overeating, a greater risk of inflammation, depression, a greater risk of heart disease and stroke, and it affects your emotions and social interactions. It also contributes to lower glucose metabolism and increased risk of type 2 diabetes. And those are just a few of the negative effects. So it really makes sense to give your body what it needs so that it can function as efficiently as possible. Now everyone is different and requires different amounts of sleep to be healthy, but I have found that kind of the sweet spot is between six to eight hours per night. There are many benefits too. It can improve concentration, productivity, improve athletic performance, Good sleepers tend to eat fewer calories and can improve immune system functions among many other benefits. For me, it is paramount in keeping my mental health balanced and stable. In fact, it is so important to me that if I have missed out on sleep because I've stayed up late or um, haven't been able to sleep well the night before, I will make it a point, if I can, to take a nap during the day just to catch up and so that is one thing that i recommend if you have missed out on sleep um, due to staying up late or being up with a baby or any of the other things that keep us up at night try and catch up on that sleep as quickly as possible sleep deprivation can be so detrimental to our mental health and for somebody with bipolar it is a breeding ground for mania or manic episodes. So you can see why for me, sleep is number one. Moving on to number two, move your body. <laughs> At least 30 minutes daily of some form of movement. Now, I notice a significant drop in my mood within a couple of days of not working out. It's kind of scary for me because I can feel the depression settle in almost like a big black cloud if I go more than a few days without my regular workouts. Now, like I said, I am suggesting just 30 minutes a day. It's not difficult to get out and take a walk. I personally do my workouts at home so I don't have to get dressed up for the gym or whatever, and especially in cases now where a lot of gyms are closed it's nice to be able to work out at home there are plenty of programs that stream workouts or um, if you still have a dvd player and you have old dvds you can use those as well um, it also to work out at home if you're just going to walk outside or work out at home it saves money on babysitters and gym memberships so that is a bonus i've personally been working out for over 25 years and so I've learned specific workouts that seem to have a greater benefit for me and so like I said it takes some time it's taken me a long time to find things that I like and in fact I just recently since COVID started picked up walking outside and I found that I really really enjoy it so whatever works for you is great as long as you are moving your body regularly just move it, get the endorphins flowing. Not only does it benefit your mental and emotional health, it makes you feel and look better. And who doesn't want that, seriously? Number three is hydrate. Drink at least half of your body weight a day in water. So let's just say for a woman that is 150 pounds, you would wanna drink 75 ounces of water a day 
Now I've been doing this for many years now and it might seem funny that I rated this more important than a healthy diet, but there's a purpose. There are so many benefits to being properly hydrated. Here are just a few. Weight loss, good skin elasticity, who doesn't want that? Hello, less wrinkles, muscle efficiency, mood balancer, temperature control, memory function and joint lubrication. It flushes out the toxins that build up in our bodies, creating good bowel function. It aids digestion and creates better immune health. It is just a good, solid, healthy habit to adopt. Moving on to number four, a healthy diet. Try and stay away from sugary processed foods. And I'm sorry for this one, but I believe in absolutely no caffeine. Now, this is my disclaimer. This is what I found that works for me. I'm not a doctor, like I said before, so definitely consult your physician on the best diet for you and your body. But for me, I've personally found that cutting back on sugary foods, carbohydrates, and, and sugary drinks does wonders for my mental state. I know when I've gone too far with the trips to the ice cream store because I start feeling lethargic, run down, lacking on focus and concentration, and it's just easy for depression to set in. And as for caffeine, this one was a hard line that my doctor set with me first thing, and I wasn't thrilled about it for sure but it has had a huge effect on keeping me out of the state of mania. When I'm entering a manic state of mind, it feels almost like I've had a couple of cups of coffee or a shot of caffeine. So it makes sense that this would be something important to implement. I'm not gonna go too far down that road because I know that there are a lot of different plans that you can choose from that will work for different people, for different body types. There are many options when it comes to eating healthy. And if you want more info on what I do eat, please direct message me or contact me at pointingtowardhope.com because I would be happy to chat with you about that. And again, this is what works for me. The side benefits are many and your brain and your body will thank you for it, I promise. Number five, cutting down on high pressure stress. Stress affects your body from your brain to your digestive system. This habit is probably the hardest one to maintain for most people. We have so many things going on in our lives from work and family to school and outside activities and that's just naming a few. And it's also not counting all the stress that's been added in the year 2020 with COVID and the pandemic having to be at home and work from home, having to teach your children school, all kinds of extra stress has been added to our schedule. So some of the many ways that stress can affect us negatively, headaches, muscle tension, chest palpitations, feelings of depression, ravenous hunger, and the list goes on. Now I've learned over the years that a good practice to adopt is that it's okay to say no. Yes, ladies, you heard me. It is okay to say no. Don't feel like you have to do all and be all just because you feel like everyone else is doing it or that you don't feel like you'll measure up if you don't. Your good health is more important than anything else. Even if it's something you feel is really important, 
If you feel your body ramping up or getting anxious, it's important to follow those signs it's giving out. If you are overwhelmed and overstressed to the max and you don't heed the warning signs, your body, I promise you, will do a mental reboot without your permission. Trust me, I've been there and it is not fun. Bottom line, downtime is so important and good for your body. Now, here are five more habits. Now, these habits are not in any particular order. They are just ones that I have found that I have added in over time. They've helped me take my mental health to the next level. Now, again, these are not meant to replace medication. That's something that you and your doctor should discuss. Just like I said earlier, take it one step at a time. So the first one, start journaling. Now we talked about this in a past episode. I believe it was episode three. So you can go back and listen to that. But journaling is so important, I feel, if you are struggling with your mental health. Um, I've been a journal writer for a long time. I have books and books of ramblings that probably will never make it off my dusty shelves, but it has never been more apparent to me than it was five years ago when I had my second manic episode that landed me in the psych ward. A journal can help you throughout your life. I've been able to look back and see patterns and signs that have been especially helpful now. Your journal doesn't have to be anything special. Most of mine are just spiral bound notebooks that I like because they were pretty or had a nice positive quote on the front. If you know me, you know I'm easily distracted by shiny, pretty things. I am a girly girl all the way. The importance that a journal can have in your life in a situation such as bipolar, for example, is immense. I wish that I had done a lot more than just kind of ramble in mine, but at least I have dates and times documented that I can look back on. What I have started doing now that has been especially helpful is write a small sentence about how I'm feeling, maybe even rate my feeling on a scale of one to 10, one being completely down, like the worst of the worst, and 10 thinking that you can solve all the world's problems. Now, I aim for between six to eight, um, nine and 10 are danger zones for me because then I'm getting up into the manic area. Um, some people have even said that putting a small arrow in the corner, like a pointing up for a good day or a pointing down for a bad day is helpful. But for me, the scale tends to give me a better idea of where I'm standing. Second, in your journal, I like to make a list of things that you're grateful for for that day. Now, this can be a long list or it can be a short list. I recommend at least trying to write three things. Um, and, you know, gratitude is attitude. And before you know it, the gratefulness and love that pours out of you from this small little act will amaze you. One word of advice, these should not be the exact same things every day. So look for the seemingly small, insignificant things that you can appreciate each day. Maybe some days the best that you can do is, I didn't trip over the laundry again today, <laughs> seriously. Um, some days that's as good as it gets. But if we can learn to recognize that there is good in the darkest of days, we can make it through. 
Now, as I said before, I am not perfect at these things and there are plenty of days that get missed. And usually those are the days that I'm feeling the worst, but you know, that's a pattern that you can use later. Speaking of the days that you feel the worst, if you can make yourself do just a few things of the items that I'm sharing with you, then you're moving in the right direction. And remember, there's always a way. So the next item is find a friend. Now that can be a little more difficult in our time today with COVID because we're practicing social distancing and all the things, but it's not as hard as we make it out to be. What I mean is friends are everywhere, literally not hard to find. So I was at the park with my daughter the other day and her kids are just five and two and we were alone in the beginning. There was nobody there, but pretty soon a couple of different people showed up and I was amazed at how quickly the five-year-old snapped to it and just started talking to the person next to him. In fact, it was so contagious that as soon as he started talking to the little girl that was in the swing next to him, I started talking to the auntie that was pushing her niece in the swing next, next to him. So, you know, it just takes a little pushing outside of your comfort zone to make friends with somebody else. Once we have done the hard part of just getting out of our comfort zone, so what I mean is friends are everywhere. Literally, they're not hard to find. We just haven't done the difficult part of reaching out to those around us. And they could potentially be the best friend you've ever had. They can be support when you're hurting and the best healing balm that you can find. Even if this friend turns out to be someone on a podcast who went through the same things that you're going through, I promise you that if this person is talking about it on a podcast or online, they are open and willing to talk with you. It's so much more lucrative for you to find somebody near you and spouses and family members can sometimes be the best. Whatever the case, these people can be there in person to lift you on days that seem impossible to make it through. Um, they can pop up unannounced with a little treat or be there at a moment's notice when you're really desperate or maybe even just a call or a text to let you know that you're on their mind. I know I'm making it sound kind of easy and trust me, I know from experience that none of this is easy, but having someone to talk to is essential for recovery and is essential for good mental health. Getting better with your mental health, it's never a straight line up. It's filled with ups and downs, curves and hills, and it is so much easier to navigate all of that with someone in your corner to support and lift you. So what I suggest is to make a list of people that you feel close enough that you could reach out to them. I promise you there are people waiting for you to ask. So you just have to put away your pride and be vulnerable for a few minutes. And I strictly believe that there are no coincidences in this life and that person for you probably needs you as much as you need them. Okay, the next one. Find quiet time or time to be still. Now, again, I know this is not, these are not easy 
items that I'm asking you to adopt, especially when you have four littles under the age of six that you can't find an ounce of peace and quiet. But it is so essential to good mental health. If you have to ask your spouse or a friend or family member to watch your kids for a few hours a week, do it. Ultimately, 15 to 30 minutes a day that can take you can take time out to refresh would be best. Um, even if you're just sitting in a locked bathroom with a book or in the tub, um, just a few minutes for you to tune everything else out and just focus on you. Good self-care is so important. It's so good for your mind and your body to just get a few minutes to think and contemplate about how your day is going and maybe even just reset. But like I said, if you're unable to do this daily, at least find time during the week that you can take time out for yourself. In general, most of us tend to do so much for everyone around us, neglecting ourselves. But if you are having a hard time functioning, how can you possibly be 100% for everything and everyone else? You must take care of you. Then it is much easier to take care of those around you. Next item, find an outlet or a hobby. Again, none of these things that I am listing are easy when you have 900 million things to do in a day. And that is quadrupled in 2020 with COVID and staying home and working from home and trying to do homeschool and cook and clean and all of the other daily things. But if you want to have good physical and mental health, these things that I'm talking about are so helpful. I guess if you wanted to, you could consider your workout as a hobby or your daily walks as your time out, getting sort of a two for one. But if you really want to be effective, find ways to work each one of these into your schedule. Again, some things like hobbies don't have to be worked into every single day. Once a week can be very beneficial for your psyche. So let's just take a look at some of the things that you could do as a hobby and please for the life of me social media is not a hobby in fact it can be the opposite of a hobby it can be such a distraction and don't even get me started on that one because that will just take us down a rabbit hole i'm talking about things like finding time to read that book you've been wanting to read since last summer or working on that creative project that you just never seem to have time to get to or maybe it's writing a book that you always wanted to start, but something else always comes up. Maybe you'd like to try something new, like watercoloring or hand lettering, something that really takes you away into another world for a period of time and get your mind off of the things that you're struggling with. So just kind of to let your mind unwind. There are literally millions of hobbies that you can take on and try. You're bound to find something you really enjoy that gives you something to look forward to. And Google and Pinterest are your friend. You can find so many tutorials and ways to learn new things. And you may not be good at them at first, but that's okay. You just stick with it. Remember, this is something that you're doing for your own self-care so that you can be 
100% for your family. Okay, the next and last one that I'm gonna talk about today is do something for someone else quietly and intentionally. This one has really helped me when I've been at my lowest. When I'm in that spot where you just can't seem to make yourself do anything, and those who have suffered from depression will get this especially. I know that it affects other people like that too, but when you are depressed, it is especially difficult to make yourself do anything. When I'm in that spot, I don't exactly feel like getting out and helping someone move or making dinner for someone. I can barely do that for my own family. However, doing small things quietly and intentionally, like sending a card or sending a text just to let someone know you're thinking of them, that can kind of take the pressure off of thinking about yourself and how bad you feel. And I know it's difficult. That's why I say intentionally, even when you don't feel like it, make yourself do it. Don't just be random about this. Honestly, think of somebody else and how you can brighten their day. I promise you that in doing it, you will get an instant bump in gratification. You actually got up and did something really nice for someone else. And the more that you do things like that, the more it will come back to you and the better you will feel, at least for that moment. Now, the reason that I say quietly is because this is especially for those of us who suffer with mental illness. The last thing we wanna do is draw attention to ourselves. So doing small and simple things that you can do by yourself on your own time without anyone really noticing can be very uplifting and gratifying. I heard a story recently of someone that would intentionally place a penny on the ground in a specific place that they could go back and follow up on or maybe they sit in their car and watch knowing that for someone maybe even a little child in fact most often it was a little child it would bring a smile to their face so it doesn't have to be something difficult it can be something as simple as that so those are 10 positive habits that you can adopt for good mental health and like I said before, it doesn't have to be all at once. You can do these just one small item at a time and they will help you to have a better outlook on life, feel better, look better, and be a better mom, a better woman, a better friend, and help improve your physical, emotional, and mental health. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will see you all again next week and choose joy.